0: Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. <laughs> Sarah, why don't you come up and share what... I think this is the
1: time. Good morning, and how is everybody today?
2: Good Good. Good.
1: Good. Good. I want to share a little bit out of an, ex- an experience that God gave me this year. And knowing fully who God prepared me to be in Him. And delivering that on me. But it was a journey. So I'm going to backtrack just a little bit in my life. I came from a very solid Christian background. My parents were Southern Baptist. I got to go to a Southern Baptist church. I studied God's word. I learned about prayer. But as many of you know in the Baptist culture, the movement of the Spirit is not always there. You learn a lot and you experience God and you have a personal relationship. So when I was 20, probably about 22, Um, I moved into a house, and we had a neighbor. And she has a very sick little baby. She's here in town. And I worked with her, and I prayed with her. She was not a Christian. Nobody was helping her. She felt alone. She felt stranded. She didn't feel cared about. She felt like the world was against her. She felt like God was against her. And I just loved on her. And um, through time... Her and her son and her family said, Sarah, you are our angel. You opened up a community to pour love on us. And now we have people that are helping us change the system to reach people who are in need. Um, when I got to that point, God said to me, still in my Baptist culture, you need to drive down to Denver. Uh, the, the little boy was in Denver Children's. And you need to lay your hands on him. And you need to pray healing. And my heart wanted to follow. But my mind did not. My mind said, that's impossible. It won't happen. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? You think you're God? Tell me who that was. Mm -hmm. That was the spirit of fear. That was Satan getting into my mind. And I backed down. And to this day, I question, what if I had done that? I want to challenge you with the rest of this story to really think about your life. I want you to be challenged to face your fear, to break through your fear, and to do things that don't seem possible. So two years ago, fast forwarding now, I was told by God, you're going to Chicago, and I left. I was a single mom who was working very hard and had absolutely no money. I said, that's funny, God, because I have absolutely no money and no way to get there. And why am I going to Chicago in the first place? And then I met, within that week, a missionary that does urban youth ministry. He was called to do mission work When he was out there at the college, at Moody College, and he was called to work with the gang members, the teams of the gang members in Englewood, Colorado. And God said, you need to go talk to him and you need to go see his mission while you're in Chicago. I said, okay. And then there was a music teachers conference and I'm a music teacher and it was our national association. They had a conference, I said, okay. Uh, go in and learn how to be a better teacher. And my aunt happens to live an hour out of Chicago and transports every day to downtown Chicago, which is where this conference was. So at that point, God gave me the money. And so I got to experience this trip. In March of this year, I went to Chicago. And on my second day of the trip, I had um, Keith Fossler's associate pastor pick me up. And I experienced Inglewood. Something I was ready for, but something that challenged me greatly. I wasn't bringing healing power to those people. God was showing me his power and making me face my fears. Who do I think I am? I'm a 34-year-old woman going down to the middle of Chicago, inner city, where the gang members were by myself. But here's what's funny. I knew God called me, and it wasn't scary. I not once felt afraid. A couple times I thought I was crazy. <laughs> that guy was crazy. But I wasn't afraid. My heart wasn't afraid. As I was there at the mission, I experienced an almost drive-by shooting. I watched Keith as he loved the people of Inglewood in their brokenness. I can't explain to you how broken people can be. And he loved them. He looked at his mission after his son had been shot when he tried to start it. They tore his home apart, and they urinated all over the walls. And he went back, and a boy walked in, and he said, Son, where have you been? that bullet hole in the wall, didn't you? And he laughed. He goes, yeah, I did. And yet, he turned and hugged that boy after that experience. And he loved him through it. And he changed his life as Jesus told him to. That man experiences and faces death every day of his life. And he's not afraid. He loves those people where they're at. The next day, I experienced a prayer walk where we walked through the, the neighborhood. And as I'm walking with a group of college-age kids, I'm being the mentor in the group. We walked down the street, and I'm watching a gang fight in front of us break out. We had a typical gang fight, a real gang fight, guys, with guns and all. And we walked up in the middle of that group, and he asked the main gal that was in the fight, you want to pray right now? And I was like, this is crazy. What are we doing, God? Why are we doing this? And you know what she said? Let's get us some Jesus. Everybody get over here. And she had an clap that she pulled. Everybody, even all the way across the street in their cars that were pulling up, over. They circled up. And I listened to this college-age boy say, in Jesus' name, put a hedge of protection around her. Give them peace and pour your blessings on these people. Find Satan out of this. And we turned around and walked away and every single person dissipated and left. Nothing happened. Now you tell me how powerful our God is. Yes. Tell me that. Yes. Why are we afraid? Yes. Why are we afraid? Step out. Quit being afraid to be who God called you to be. My final destination put me downtown. And here's the thing. People in Chicago want Inglewood to be killed. But at least the people in Englewood could look me in the face. I got to the main city, they don't even know how to be relational. Can they look somebody in the eyes and care about them. No. He said, God, how am I supposed to reach these people? You're telling me to reach out to this community while I'm here. How am I supposed to do this? So I'm standing in the middle of a courtyard and God calls me. And I know he called me by myself because my future husband's called to be a missionary. And I, I said to him, it was foundational. I needed to know that God called me with my purpose. But he showed me this, and so I'm going to share it with you, because I think it's important. I watched just thousands of people during work, poured out of the city, not talking to each other, huddled, and coming off the bridges, pouring out of the city after work. Pouring into the city, after, going to work Day after day, not having any relational value except for the bums on the street who are squatters. That's the only people that they came into eye contact with occasionally if they wanted to. God showed me that even if I went to a huge city like that and I stood in the middle of it and I loved people in such a way that they've never been loved before, that it was so true and so relational, that the one person would be worth it in those millions of people. We get afraid to share our hearts with people, but why? What if it was worth that one person? He showed me that we have to stand up and be different. Yes. We can't look like the rest of this world. Many of us want to have the life change that points to the heavens, but we're the building with the point on the top of it that's standing in the middle of the city looking like all the other buildings around us. How are you supposed to change somebody if all you want to do is blend in? That's not going to work. God can't work with you that way. You blend in. You have to choose to be different and use your gift. You have to stand out. Even if you stand alone, you have to stand yes. out. And you have to do what he calls you to do. Amen. And you cannot Be afraid. So God's final challenge to me in that city was on my last free day when I was going to go look around. I was to stay in downtown. And I was to get everybody to look at me. God, how am I going to get everybody to look at me? I look at them and they think that I'm stalking them. It's crazy. God says, put a sign around your neck. Don't require anything. Tell them you'll pray for them prayer asked me no strings attached and I wore a sign like a bum around my head all day long and then I had a friend that I met that was a poem, and she came with me it was pretty awesome we had some lunch it was very good every person in the city that day that I came in contact with looked me in the eye do I know if they were changed no I had a woman run down the road pray for me I had many people ask for prayer had one guy look at me and here's the thing guys in that whole big city you can feel all alone but this gentleman i prayed for him he asked me to I put my hand on his shoulder to go pray for him and he kind of pulled it off he grabbed my hand and held my hand off of his shoulder and i said i'm sorry did i offend you he said no so I continued praying and him, it was like he just needed somebody to touch him. Mm. That personal care, even for that moment, made a world of difference to him. And then when I was done praying, he put my hand back on his shoulder and I said, God bless you today. I hope you have a good week. Now you tell me how afraid I could have been being a single woman in the middle of Chicago posing as a homeless person with a sign on my, on me, saying, please, come up to me and talk to me. That would be great. But I wasn't afraid. And God did huge things that day. He also showed me that I'm to love people compassionately and in a very reasonable, uh, rational way where they understand it. And I challenge you, if you're standing in bondage because of your past, if you don't feel like you can because of what you've done, if you're afraid to stand out and be different, I pray right now in Jesus' name that those chains be broken. Amen. Yes. 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 I pray that the people of this church will walk out of here today and they will live in a completely radical way, totally different than anybody else in this city that people would see a difference and know that Jesus is real and that he can heal and he does love you and that you do want to go see him face to face in heaven. Amen. I challenge you to walk without fear where you're going. I love you all.
3: I want to uh, give part of a word that God gave me this week. I'm pretty sure it's going to minister to just about anybody in here. I've been feeling feelings. We don't walk by our feelings. Uh, Isolation, extreme isolation, separation. And this last week I was walking, I was talking to a very dear friend of mine, or she has become a very dear friend of mine. And she had expressed the same thing. And I went back to work and the Spirit of God just began to move on me and began to minister to me that this isolation that I've been experiencing was the isolation that the enemy has brought about. God separates us, but he doesn't isolate us from each other because we're a body. We're the body of Christ. And then he began to expound and tell me that this isolation had occurred because there are a lot of hurts that have taken place in this church. There are some of us in this room that are dealing with unforgiveness, and there are some of us that are dealing with woundings. There's a difference in a wounding and walking in forgiveness, you can forgive somebody but still be walking around a wounded individual, but you're still walking in forgiveness, but you're not whole. So you can't manifest what God wants to manifest in your life because you're disjointed. Then the Spirit of God began to minister to me how what this had done to our body here. I know we're part of a worldwide body, okay? But this is our body, our portion of the body here, and we've got to take care of our part of the body here. And the Lord began to explain to me how this disjointing that takes place, okay, whether you're, let's just say you're in, you're the wounded and not in unforgiveness, okay, it begins to separate you because when that individual's around, you do this. You don't want to get close to them because you've been hurt. And you know what it feels like and you don't want to be hurt well we cannot progress as a body until this disjointing is taken care of and pastor and i've discussed this and i'm not going to discuss this he just wanted me to share with you about the isolation okay so i would ask that you all would be prayerful about it because we have something that's been placed in front of us that god spoke to me about 10 years ago about probably longer than that, okay? He wants to reform his church. That's why I've been sitting here for over a year, because the pastor that we're sitting under has the heart of God right now. He's not perfect by any means. That's not what I'm saying, okay? But he's looking for what God wants to do, and God will use him to lead us there. So I would ask that you would be prayerful about this this week. Okay, and if you're feeling any isolation, because the thing is, you know, we're supposed to be communicating together, we're supposed to be connected to each other. You know, I have had some physical problems and hip problems, okay, and let me tell you, I know what disjoint feels like, and it's painful, okay. My hip will flip in and out, and it's very painful. Sometimes I can't get up because of it, okay. God's body is not supposed to be that way. And we're never going to hit the mark of where God wants to take us until we get this fixed. And that's all I'm going to say.
0: We've had some prophetic words over the last year or so about how God wanted to teach us how to be a body. to become a body and when uh, Elizabeth shared that word about isolation I, I just I knew that was the word of the Lord for where people are right now and when the Lord wants to teach us something and he wants to lead us into a different way of living and and walking many times he has to put us into a place where we have no other choice we we we've got to do what he's calling us to do telling us to do because the the other just is is clearly and plainly not working anymore and and it would just be pretending it would be hypocrisy to stay there well this, this is, as, as uh, Elizabeth shared this, and and uh, as Sarah shared what she shared today, I, I think the Lord is showing me a little bit of of what's going on, because there there are a lot of people here who are wounded, have have been wounded, uh, there are probably some who are in some unforgiveness and if if that's you and the lord highlights that to you deal with it okay get get beyond the unforgiveness forgive so you can receive god's forgiveness and ask him to remove the heart of bitterness the heart of stone that is developing within you and give you a heart of flesh so that you can love again and have compassion again because that's the only way we can be a body. Is if if we're a group of people who have hearts that are open toward one another. And our hearts are not going to be open to the people of this city until we've learned how to open them to one another. And And I know more than anybody else, all the ways that people in this body are being stretched right now. We, we thought we were being stretched a year ago and nine months ago, but that's child's play compared to what's going on now. And when, when we're in those, those times of difficulty and stretching, we, we can have a couple different kinds of responses we can become self-focused and and we can allow self-pity to come in and we can become closed and allow the enemy to isolate us and then the more we listen to that voice of self-pity the more we blame others for our own condition and and i want to break that today uh Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of self-pity that's at work against the people of this body, and we say no to your work. We break agreement with you. We remove your ground, and we instead receive love, and we say, yes, God, we, we will walk in love. Because here is the proper response when when we're in a time of difficulty a time of stretching a, a time of need we we go to other people in the body and we confess our need because you know what none of us have complete utter 100 percent discernment to know exactly what is going on in everybody's life including me so if you're hurting and i have not ministered to you uh, i'm sorry i probably didn't know and if i did know and i didn't make it i'm sorry But we all have responsibilities when we have need to make our needs known. And and that is how relationships are built in the body. It's how we break out of disjointedness and joints are strengthened. Because as we as we understand each other's need and then we we minister to each other in the power of the Holy Spirit, that's how the true body is built. How that's how it is joined together with, with every ligament like Paul talked about, those those ligaments are, are our relationships and it's how we minister to to each other in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what ties us together. So if, if you've been in need, make it known. If you're in need, make it known. And if you're in need and you've been in need, look to someone else who has need. And in meeting the needs of others, you will find that your own need becomes much smaller. It, it becomes much smaller in in your own eyes, and and in reality, it it becomes much smaller. So. This, this is the word of the Lord for us today. Uh, this, this is an answer to prayer today. This, this is breakthrough. This, this is the Lord allowing the body to be the body. And, and now, how, how will we respond? Well, let's be the body. Okay uh, i I really think there's some repentance for all of us today there's there's some some thinking differently that that needs to happen. Your life is not all about you if If you're in the kingdom of heaven your life is about the king and what he wants and the king wants your needs met but he also wants us to seek first his kingdom and and his ways and then he says he, he will give us everything else that we need. I'm, I'm just going to invite you to pray a, a prayer of repentance with with me today. Okay? I'll take off my glasses so I can see. Psalm 51. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start in verse 10 of Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with your free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guilt, O God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will show forth your praise. For you desire not sacrifice, or I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. But the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise.
2: I ain't going to go into a sermon because I could. But David was... Couldn't give no sacrifice. And this is what, we don't have a sacrifice, Christ was the sacrifice. God wants our broken heart, a contrite heart, without a contrite, clean, completely broken. We cannot do what Pastor Jay's saying. You can't. You, You can't love someone when they hurt you without a contrite, broken heart. It's a heart that just wants... To be so close to God, that no matter when someone hurts you, that love of God just fills you up, and you just want to pour and touch them, because they don't know that love. And when they're a body of Christ, and they have that same love, and your heart is contrite and broken, and you want that walk with Christ, then you want your brothers and sisters to walk with you in it. A broken, contrite heart.
0: Amen. Amen. Hmm. let's pray. Hmm, I, I just invite you to pray with me the parts of this prayer that, that are in your heart this morning. Father, I, I ask for a contrite heart before you. Father, I confess that I've been more worried about my own needs and issues than the needs of others. Help me to see the needs in others. Help me to share my own needs with others. And I ask that you would meet all of our needs. Father, show me who I need to forgive. Father, heal my woundedness. that I, I may walk with a pure heart with you toward others. And Lord, knit this body together. Heal the disjointedness. Strengthen the bonds of love and relationship. And Lord, bless each member of this body and take us where you want us to go as a body for the glory of your Son. amen it, it is about him it is about Jesus it is about Jesus receiving what he paid for it, it is about us learning to walk differently that's that's repentance we we learn to think differently which leads us to act and live differently So, I love you all, I bless you all, and I look forward to what God is going to do. Uh, Part of the word that Elizabeth had, that she shared with me, was that we were at an impasse as a body. And, And I... I felt that was true. I, we, we stepped beyond the impasse just now. Thank you, Lord. Amen.